Welcome to another always special edition of Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. We are so blessed that you're here with my beautiful wife, Stephanie, and uh, myself, Greg Schleter. And we're about more than a moment, but a movement. This is hopefully more than just a program for an hour where we talk about things that may move us, but that we forget. We want to be plugged into living this great adventure we call discipleship, to make it accessible. We get a lot of words spinning around us right now, don't we? The first reading this coming Sunday, we will hear, Vanity of vanities, says Koheleth. Vanity of vanities. All things are vanity. (laughs) How appropriate with the uh, political conventions of last week and this week. But folks, politics do matter. We're called by our faith to be engaged. Politics is that arena where we make accessible and labor to make accessible the coming kingdom. We've got to be in the game. We've got to bring the values that are not just for Catholics, but are for every human person, all of whom are fashioned to know Jesus Christ, fashioned to have an intimacy with him. We have to be mindful, of course, that as we are uh, with the politics in front of us and many things spinning, and uh, that we may be discouraged. I'll just be honest. You know, I have moments of discouragement, and I, I, you know, we're praying as a family. We're trying to stay anchored in Christ, and we're at the same time reading the Wall Street Journal and watching, uh, if you will, the speeches, as much of them as we can, and discussing them. And it is clear that we are at war. I don't know how else to put it. We are at war. There are principalities and powers around us, brothers and sisters, who are under the influence. I don't know how else to put it. They're under the influence of somebody other than the Lord God in heaven. And I think it's mindful, though, to note that these folks are not running for king. That role has already been taken. That our king... God, the Father in heaven, and the Holy Trinity fashioned us for himself. And if he's asking us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, he's going to provide the means for it to happen. And the question to us tonight is, are we availing ourselves to being the answer? Let me repeat that. The Lord asks us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But are we availing ourselves to being his answer? And where does that take place more fundamentally than, first of all, in our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, secondly, overflowing to our wife in that order, to our spouses, and then in our families. And I invite you to think tonight with our guests in just a moment, we're going to introduce and bring into this conversation, with all the attention that we give to the politics, to our work around us, even good Catholic events, that great retreat, that six-week series, that book, whatever it may be, when, brothers, and we're going to be speaking to men in a particular way, when, brothers, is the last time you assembled your family together for more than 30 minutes to talk and pray in a meaningful way. Put a flag in the sand is the phrase we use, that that grace would flow from that and have a transforming effect, because that power we are told by the popes, John Paul II is the cornerstone of civilization. That, that is the power. That is the power from where all things flow, and we are called to preside over that great power. You mentioned the popes. John Paul II has so many awesome words of wisdom about the family, but I think the one that's most relevant for the conversation tonight is uh, his quote, As the family goes, so goes the nation. And so goes the whole world in which we live. So 
We're going to get just a brief commercial here, but a very important commercial before we invite our guests to jump in on this conversation and share with us. Not, you know, uh, brothers here who are kind of came out of the womb as saints. None of us are there, brothers. We face obstacles. We're going to be real about the challenges of leading our homes to be cultures of encounter for Jesus Christ, to form them to claim this world for Jesus. That commercial is this. We are helpless, and God made us helpless that we would radically seek him. And in a particular way, he gives us the Lord's Prayer. And we're inviting you to join us August 13th for a sacred encounter, a sacred moment as a people of God to the Ignite Catholic Family Festival. It's going to be taking place at Holy Trinity Parish, which just happens to be the home parish of the two men who are with us tonight. But Holy Trinity Parish, August 13th, the theme is Thy Kingdom Come. Now, when you hear the word festival, you may picture in other parishes rides and fun things. There certainly will be fun, but there's, there's a thematized journey on this night. Breakout groups for men and women. Awesome talks. Fun and games, certainly. Ending with an awesome ignite at the end of that night. Peter Herbeck's going to be with us. Dan Demite, whom you've heard on the street. His wife, Amber, who's going to light it up. You're going to love Amber. Uh, Brendan O'Rourke's going to lead us in worship. He's an amazing, he's got the heart of Jesus Christ and the fullness of our Catholic faith. He's going to lead us into an amazing experience of worship at Ignite. Where can you go to sign up? Right now, go to ignitefamily.com eventbrite.com. Go to ignitefamily.eventbrite.com. And I'm going to give you a little secret. There's a discount code, a promo going on, an insider. You're an insider. You're listening right now. So that insider is simply thy kingdom come. No spaces. Thy kingdom come. Plug Plug that in and you will get a discount. So ignitefamily.eventbrite.com to sign up. And uh, the the code, if you will, discount code is thy kingdom come. So, with no further ado, we warmly welcome you to Ignite Radio Live, Matt Daniels and Walt Erickson. Drum roll, please. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, how are you? How are you guys? Awesome, awesome. Well, brothers, I've known you for a while. I saw you a few days ago at an awesome family gathering, and it's just stunning to me, the the contrast of what we're seeing in the political realm, and then just that, you know, maybe, let's face it, despair, infighting, uh, people spinning, and then you have a moment with brothers and sisters in Christ at a place like that family gathering, and I don't know, did you just experience a little slice of heaven as I did? Your turn yeah. to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree with you. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll, I'll, uh, for me and for my family, it was. I've been away for a couple weeks, and um, to kind of to have a, a celebration uh, in the summer with a bunch of other families who who just love the Lord and who are passionate about um, our faith. It was a it was a great kind of uh, I don't know midsummer uh, fe- uh, festival, if you will, and we had a great time. Awesome. Awesome. And Walt, it was great to see you and your beautiful family, new baby, Xavier, our little blessed godson, whom we love so much. And, uh, you know, we're going to dive right into this, um, and we're going to just really squarely frame this, that we men struggle with leading our families. We struggle with leading them, and, and even prior to that, maybe, it's we struggle because we ourselves aren't committing the time to, to encounter Jesus Christ all the more fully. That's the purpose of tonight. Before we dive into that, though, Matt, give us a little bit, you know, maybe the 411, three minutes on your own background. Uh, we know you're a wonderful principal at an amazing school with an amazing community at Holy Trinity, and uh, so many wonderful things happening there. Ignite is out there, and uh, just we hear uh, beautiful thing after beautiful thing coming out of there. But uh, we know you probably didn't come out of the womb a saint, or maybe you did. Give us a little bit of a, a sketch for us, your story that brought you to this place of loving Jesus and our Catholic faith. Sure, thanks. Um, 
So I was um, I was raised Baptist, and um, sometimes I I look back and think, um, you know, just reflect on my being a principal and working for the church, and hmm. really am and just in in awe of of how I got here and uh, how God works. But so I was in college and uh, got to spend some time studying abroad in Rome. Um, uh, one of my majors was Italian, and my dad got sick while I was there, and, and I got to spend a lot of time in prayer. Mm. And I came back to the United States and uh, decided maybe this, this Catholicism thing, maybe there's something to it. Um, so I went to the, the Newman Center down at Ohio State, and I walked in one afternoon and said, hey, I'd like to join. And wow. and they kind of like looked at me and they said, okay, well, RCA starts next month. And I said, well, great. I said, what's that? Um, so, so I really had no idea. Um, and, and I got to kind of have this beautiful uh, conversion experience um, my uh, really my last year of college. And um, again, never thought I'd be working for the church. But um, sometimes the Holy Spirit uh, calls and maybe you're not sure that that's really what it is or who it is. Um, uh, but I've been blessed to um, work at St. John's, and, and I think my understanding of my own faith really was strengthened by um, knowing a little bit more about St. Ignatius and his life, and, and uh, I love it. I love Catholic education and love doing what I do. Thanks so much, Matt. And, of course, your beautiful wife, Jennifer, who we see is uh, moments away. So if, if we hear the phone, hang up. Brothers and sisters, pray. Uh, pregnancy, baby number four on the way. Very excited. And as you told us, you're going to be as surprised as we are, right? So you don't know, and that that's kind of exciting, that mystery. And uh, turning to our brother, Walt Erickson, some of our listeners have heard Walt and uh, heard his wonderful journey. But just for those who don't know you, Walt, sketch for us, and I'm going to have you Extend it a little further. Sketch for us, if you will, your own journey from uh, the religion of uh, Rush Limbaugh <laughs> to becoming an on-fire uh, Catholic for Jesus Christ and extending that to uh, um, inviting brothers, families, uh, couples to join you for seven weeks to do Live It, a Live It group, and the effect that's had. Well, I grew up in a very loving home, a very con- obviously politically conservative home. Um, I was all I was raised to always, always look beyond the trees, um, look at what everyone's doing and why. Uh, I was always told if everyone's going in one direction, it's probably the wrong direction. And so everything I always looked at was challenge, challenge, challenge. And and I'm looking at the world. I'm not seeing a whole lot of joy and peace and happiness in people's lives. Um, all while being married to a woman whose uh, family was Catholic. I was married in the Catholic Church. Uh, we were going to church more so to appease her than anything. When our first child was born, it was the first time it really sparked my interest that, hey, uh, hey as Matt has said, there's, hey, there's something to this. And um, I started talking with my dad recently after that, he said, well, if I was ever going to be uh, a religious man, I'd be Catholic. And I said, well, why, Dad? And he said, well, because Catholics have never lowered the bar. Mm. He said, and I like that. And um, it stuck with me. And uh, like Matt, I 
rather than being forced to do anything, I pretty much just knocked on the door and said, can I join? Um, the Holy Spirit put a fire in me as it did in him. And uh, you know, ever since then, um, I, you know, I love our Lord, and I know he's going to judge us. And I know that he wants us to bring others to him. That's the number one reason we're here. We're supposed to bring our wife to him, ourselves to him, our children to him. And we're supposed to bring others to him. And I do not want to be at the end of my time here and him say, you poor and terrible servant. I want mm-hmm. him to say, you good and faithful servant. And so I feel it's my calling um, to do what I can to bring others to know him a lot better than they do now. That's awesome, Walt. I just want to interject, um, Walt, we obviously know and cherish our friendship with you and your family, and you guys are the real deal. You are um, living it much beyond the words of just professing it. And so I want to affirm that and how the amazing husband and father that you give such great witness to all those who know you. And I think everybody who does know you would um, affirm that statement. Matt, I don't know you as well. We are blessed to know you a shorter while. Beautiful family. I see your interactions at different gatherings with your wife and kids and just Mm. right there. Um, So these young men (laughs) certainly I just want to attest to the integrity that they have but I just want to tell a very quick story to Matt Um, we had the the privilege of being at the first communion um, this past May at Holy Trinity um, Parish and Father Dan Duran just nailed it out of the park in so many ways during that Mass. You served as um, a Eucharistic minister, Matt, if you remember. And I will never forget, as long as I live, seeing you up on the altar waiting for Father um, to finish distributing the privileged First Communion to these young people, many of whom are in your school, right? So the look on your face of such love and joy as each one of them received our Lord for the first time just touched my heart so deeply um, as one, just the witness as a true man of God principle, obviously as a father, and just a real um, love of the Lord in his Eucharistic presence. So I just, I want to thank you for that. And um, again, let our listeners know we are blessed to have both of you with us as the real deal. So yeah. without further ado. Absolutely. And um, so just a, 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 not even a sidebar, but to our listeners, but it's happening right now. And maybe a key point is we cannot be afraid to give testimony, to give witness um, to people in our lives who are making the difference. But I want to reset the stage here, or at least take it that next step there, Walt, with uh, both what you and Matt were saying. So we have done a a number of big events in the thousands, literally down to conferences, and we've done surveys at these events. And we find uh, that many uh, evaluate the events quite highly. They encountered Christ. They you know, had a significant experience. But if you ask them the question, are you leading in your home a week, a month, six months later, is there, has there been a substantial change in you as men after the men's conference in leading in your home and inviting them to talk and pray in regular ways to growing in faith? Um, 95, 96% the answer is no. There is no change. And they're actually now between God and then we know that's God's judgment. That's his realm. We know hearts are being touched under the hood. But we know that we've got to begin opening the door and asking the question, are we making the concrete commitments to build the kingdom in our home? 
So the question that I have for both of you is, let's just keep it real. What are those obstacles that men who are listening right now and you and I, what are those obstacles we face that allow us to be spiritual, as many of our listeners are, to go to Mass, to pray the rosary, but but maybe that we face the obstacles in actually leading um, in our homes in a regular way and talking and praying? Thank you for your uh, kind words. You know, uh, First Communion and Confirmation are my two favorite days as principal, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's exciting. It's just it's thrilling for us uh, as teachers and people who see kids every day to watch them take part of, of uh, these sacraments. Um, Let me pause you a second, Matt. I apologize. We're hearing a little bit of some, uh, I don't know, dist- uh, not distract, some uh, background. background noise. I don't know where it's coming from, or just maybe... Actually, we can't turn it down because we need to keep you both queued in. But if you guys are in places, you know, just a note that is coming through. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matthew. Perfect. Greg, to, to your question, um, I think that the biggest obstacle is doing um, that which is uncomfortable. Um, you know, I, I think about my own my own journey and how uncomfortable sometimes it was. Um, I knew that I was called or felt called, um, but sometimes there's this element of, wow, this is really outside of my comfort zone. This is outside of what um, I'm used to. Um, And I guess I've come to really embrace that, embrace that feeling of uncomfortableness um, and and knowing that when you do it for the Lord, that that you're getting a benefit out of it, and and hopefully my family is too. Um, But for me, it's that, that feeling of, Wow, this isn't what I'm used to. You know, I I really got to stretch in order to do this. But um, for me, it's that that sense of this is uncomfortable, um, and knowing that maybe that that's what I should do anyway. Um, I had a track coach who used to always say, if you don't push yourself to where it's uncomfortable when you're training, you're never going to get any better. And I always think of that as the analogy uh, for my spiritual life. Great analogy. Thank you, Matt. Walt, what are your thoughts on the subject? Obstacles to leading in a regular way. Uh, in our homes. Well, unlike unlike work and your wife and children, who are are literally physical in front of you all the time and verbal all the time, our Lord is always with you, but He's quiet unless you give Him the time to speak mm-hmm. to to you. And so it's you know, if you will, the uh, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, and and I think that's so easy for us as men to, to do in our lives, but uh, the biggest part is, is, is finally making the decision between listening and reading and learning and doing. And um, one of the things that, that I have found that's blown my mind in the Catholic faith is how many men and women are born and quote-unquote raised Catholic and are petrified to pray out loud, even even amongst uh, their own family or one friend, or to pray with someone. They're even uncomfortable if somebody else, uh, you know, one of our Protestant brothers or sisters, prays with them. So to me, the, the uncomfortableness is the point of, of action. That is the scary part, of actually doing. The discussing, the listening, the reading, the talking, that's the easy part. Mm. It really, it really is. It's important, but it's the easy part, and the action is the very difficult part. So, is it fair to say, thank you, Walt? Um, and le- is it fair to say 
that it's not just going to happen. It seems like a simple statement, but it's not just going to happen. We're wired to come home after a long day of work. We're exhausted. The last thing in our mind may be let's gather the family together and go to MassImpact.us and download this guide and set aside the digital distractions and actually talk and pray. You know, it's much more easy for us in habit-wise to get a beer from the fridge, turn on the TV, um, kind of be absorbed in passive entertainment. So the point I'm trying to make is for us, and let's speak to men out there, what's the challenge to go from a passive wiring, which a day, a week, a month, a year down the road, we don't feel any better for it. Nothing really is advanced. No kingdom is built from that. To go from that space to actually taking a first step and putting a flag in the sand. Do either of you recall uh, in your life when you kind of came to that awareness and you needed to go from a passive culture to an active culture? What took you to that point and what was the step you took? I, I can think of a time even as recent as a year ago. Um, you know, my kids are, are young. Our oldest is, is almost five, uh, down to a toddler. And, um, you know, we, my wife and I decided, you know, it's it's important for us that, that every night before we go to bed that we say prayers together as a family. Um, and so depending on what I had to do, I'm in graduate school, and, and, and as a principal, you know, you I sometimes work hours that are not the same as when my kids go to bed. And so, you know, it wouldn't be a big deal if I missed that, if I missed prayer time. Um, or maybe I just ignored it for the night. Um, and so last year about this time, I decided I was going to, I wrote some goals down. And there were a couple of things that I wanted to do every single day um, because I knew they were important to me. Um, but I wasn't reflecting that in my actions. So my goal was every single night, um, you know, pending that I'm in town, whatever, that I'm going to say prayers with my kids before they go to bed. Um, and it's natural now. You know, I, I think um, it's become this, this norm for our household. That's what we do at night. Um, and it's really beautiful to see um, how, you know, we do like intercessions. We'll ask the kids who they want to pray for. And if you've ever, if you've never done that with a, a four-year-old and a three-year-old, um, you should mm. because everyone can make the list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. But it's it's beautiful. And, you know, I think for me it took saying, okay, this is what, I know that this is important. I know, you know, in my heart I know this is important. Um, but I, I need to, to check myself on it because I'm not doing it every day, even though I know it's important. Um, so it's been a good year of, of that being our, our family operating norm before bedtime. That's awesome. And uh, obviously, I think to the women out there, most women are the leaders. Uh, and, and Walt, you've told the story that a key question in your life uh, was posed to your wife, and it was, am I the spiritual leader of my household? And you're a successful businessman, you succeeded in sports, but your ringing, crowning uh, achievement, you said, really happened quite recently where you asked your wife that question, and she, yes, she said, yes, you are now the spiritual leader in my house. Let, let me hear from you, Walt. Um, what, what was it that took you to, uh, as, as we say, put a flag in the sand? And what difference has it made? Well, I'm I'm a person that responds to challenges. I I've always dealt well with constructive criticism, and I am very very fond of statistics. And one of the statistics that just very very much scared me 
was the statistics of your children staying within their faith, whether they're whether they're Baptist or Buddhist or Jewish or Christian. You know, Christian. It didn't matter if the mom is leading the home compared to the dad leading the home, mm-hmm. um, or in or in their faith life. Their children are significantly more likely to stay within their faith, and you know during baptism and 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 you know reading scripture and in our faith, it is my job as a father to get my children to build that foundation to get them to heaven. There is no more important role as a father than to do that. Nothing. Not college education, not getting them a job, not teaching them sports, soccer, nothing is more important than that. Once once I understood that and took it to heart, and the challenge was posed to me, the fear started to come upon me as to how I would be judged if I did not do what God was calling me to do as a father. And the fear of the fear of letting the Lord down, the fear of the fear of my children walking away from faith, the fear of um, you know being judged. All those were real fears of mine, and they they forced me to act and to respond. And I I think it's a shame today that that so often uh, in all of our Christian churches, men and women alike are let off the hook far too much by their sin, and, and the, the love of God is expressed as like a covering of everything. And so often there are so many things that um, I think people turn and look the other way, ignore, that need to be addressed, because they say, well, well, Jesus loves me, and because he loves me, or because my good outweighs the bad, I'm in good shape. But it, whether that is or is not true, it will not bring your children to a relationship with Jesus Christ. So while you're sharing with us that you were confronted through various things with the, 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 the cool uh, responsibility of a, uh, that ma- you're accountable for, your kids making it to heaven, and number two, the decisive role that the father plays. You alluded to some stats, and we know, and we've heard this, that if the father's not in the game, if the dad isn't going to church, if he's not praying, the mom could be gung-ho, but only 1 in 50 will become a regular worshiper. Only 1 in 50 of their children will become a regular worshiper if the dad's not in the saddle. On the other hand, the mom could be completely absent, out of the picture, who knows what she's doing, but if the dad's in the game and he's praying, between two-thirds and three-quarters of their children will become churchgoers, will be into their faith. I mean, it's a huge stat that pronounces this is, uh, that this is in our DNA. There's something in being a man by God's design that has a profound effect sociologically on our children. So you, you became aware of that and recognized you needed to get in the game. You need to kind of uh, encounter Jesus. You and I have spoken about this. If we were to kind of, uh, you know, reduce this to one prominent theme. It's, do we know and love Jesus Christ? And we hear that resounding from our Pope, certainly the early church that's been throughout history, but in a much more significant way, it's been emphasized through these last three Popes. 
And I do think that, you know, many of us, you know, Catholics who, you know, uh, cradle Catholics struggle with it. You know, I go to Mass, yeah, I know Jesus, but that's not what the Church is saying. That's not what the Popes are saying. Um, do we have this personal intimacy with Jesus Christ? So just to move this to that next step, Walt, so that moved you to actually take action to the point of not only bringing your family together to talk and pray and make your household an encounter, a culture of encounter with Jesus, but I want to bring it to the point where you said, hey, I, I'm busy. I got five kids. I got a lot going on in my life, but I cannot sit on the sidelines and inviting other couples to come into a home over a regular period of time and encounter Jesus. So tell us about um, how that has played out in your own home and that next step of bringing Matt and some of these other couples together to talk and pray and the difference it's made. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote, uh, I believe it was St. Francis who said, um, you should pray a half hour every day, and if you're busy, you should pray an hour. Amen. And, um, um, you know, I am an extrovert. Matt certainly knows that. My wife certainly knows that. My wife is an introvert. And when I told her it is time for us to lead a Bible study, um, she was nervous, but immediately by a few people was supported saying no you're ready and and you're and you need to support you need to support this ministry it's a good thing um we reached out to four families um in our parish to host to have a bible study with uh couples and um i prayed for all four of the men quite a few times before i asked them Mm. And um, honestly, to my surprise, all four of them said yes very quickly. And so I, I hope that that was uh, through prayer and Holy Spirit. But we did a seven-week session. We did the uh, the basis of our of our of our Bible study was was um, the ignite uh, mass impact format. Checks in the mail. And, I'm sorry. Checks in the mail. I'm just thanking you. Know the live it guide. <laughs> Thank you. Our live it guide, and and um, you know, I, I I did it for a number of reasons. First, we know a lot of people in the in the parish by name and by acquaintance, but not at least for Liz and I through friendship and fellowship. And uh, certainly, most parishes would argue that's something that they're missing. And so it gave us an opportunity to get to know these four couples a lot better and a lot deeper. Um, I would consider them possibly friends beforehand, but certainly friends and close friends afterwards. Um, And then secondly, just to expose some of the couples. Now, you know, Matt's, Matt's faith on the radio tonight is very, very strong. The other three are, are are regular churchgoers, but I'm not sure how much they've been, been exposed to what it looks like to try and live it, truly live it out, outside, uh, if you will, in the, in the real world, in your daily life and in your home life. And so, you know, we want to do a, a seven-week session um, to, to show them that um, there was wonderful conversation, and um, it went really, really well. 
Now, you told me, Walt, uh, I want to read a quote here from Pope Benedict in a moment, but you told me it got pretty serious in a good way pretty quickly from some men who weren't necessarily inaugurated into the kind of retreat uh, encounter stuff, that there was a hunger there. And I want to just emphasize that what you're saying here might be summed up in Pope Benedict XVI's quote where he says, Christian faith is not only a matter of believing that certain things are true, but above all, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It is an encounter with the Son of God that gives new energy to the whole of our existence. You had an intuition, it seems, Walt, that this relationship with Christ is found in a warm, friendly, transparent, supportive, encouraging context of brothers, in this case, and the wives met, to talk and open the door to encounter God. And like you'd shared with me that it, it, it really, uh, without any details, you know, but you shared that really the spirit kind of hit from day one. And I just opened this to both you and Matt. Um, what was that like and what difference has it made, do you think, in their lives and in your life? Hey, Matt, why don't you enter that one, bud? Yeah, so a, a couple of things come to mind. Um, you know, I think, I keep thinking about this, this proverb keeps popping in my mind about iron sharpening iron, mm. just as one man sharpens mm. another. And, you know, there's, there's, I think, power in, you know, early on when we were meeting, I got a text from Walt, and he said, just so you know, I'm, I want you to know that I'm praying for you today. And um, he doesn't know this, but it probably it couldn't come at a better time when he sent that. And, we won't tell and him, I man, think don't worry. There's there's so so much power in um, you know being in a group um, where you pray together and you you talk about your struggles and your your uh, the wins of the week and the struggles of the week is what we talked about as as guys and you pray together and it's just it was an amazing experience um, of of fellowship and and I think really what it's getting at is like if we're all called to be disciples then at some point we've got to show it. Um, and I felt like um, for my family that was that was a step toward discipleship, both for my family but also the families that were there. You know, the disciples worked together, um, and I felt like that was kind of the, you know, that was our, our routine for the week, and, and it was a great seven weeks from that. So you're a busy guy, Matt. You're a busy guy, Walt. Um, was it the kind of thing, Matt, that you actually were grateful that you set aside that time? And you can be really candid with me. You're a busy guy. You had to carve out another date. You're a, you know, you're a school principal. It's not easy for you to do this. Uh, did it become the kind of thing that you really looked forward to? And I would say even now on the other side, do you kind of are, are you looking forward to getting it going again? To be honest, I was I was a little perturbed at Walt. He only wanted to go seven weeks. Um, it was it was really something that we were kind of slacker used Walt. To. You know, after seven weeks, you're getting you're really getting to know these people, and and you're you love them, and you're praying for them, and uh, you're supporting them. So um, it was a great seven weeks. Um, and you are busy. And, and I thought of, the, of that quote that Walt mentioned earlier that if you're busy. Uh, pray a half hour, and if you're really busy, pray even more. Um, so I guess I never thought of it as, as oh, another thing on the plate. Um, it was new. It was exciting. Um, I didn't really know what to expect the first time we were 
uh, we got together. Um, but it was really something that my family looked forward to. In fact, my kids would keep asking uh, when we're going to go back. So. Wow. Folks, you are tuned in to Ignite Radio Live uh, with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. And so blessed to have Matt Daniels, a wonderful husband, father, principal of Holy Trinity, and Walt Erickson, who's uh, on our Mass Impact Kingdom Builders. And they're talking about going from, if you will, maybe sidelines, maybe a little more passive faith to recognizing uh, just not only the, the, the call of men to bring Christ alive in our homes, but now we're kind of understanding that it really is a gift. Matt's sharing with us that it's, you know, they, they receive. Uh, you know, support and encouragement and uh, a desire to live this out, that it's the kind of thing that really they're hoping will continue. And so, um, you know, we encourage you folks who are listening right now that you could go to massimpact.us, massimpact.us, and um, really do this on your own. My son, we've talked about this, Joseph and John Paul, for over nine months now on almost a weekly basis have been doing this, and the group's gone from 10 to 15, 20, 25 awesome kids throughout the city. And I can tell you it's the highlight of their week. I mean, there's transformation taking place when two or more are gathered in God's name, and we have the, encourage, and we have the courage to put that flag in the sand and talk and pray. And I also have to throw a commercial out there that this Ignite Catholic Family Festival, you're going to experience this. Bring your spouse, come alone, bring your kids, wherever you find yourself in life, come August 13th to Holy Trinity and experience um, this encounter with God alive in his people for more than a moment, but an open door to a road. And uh, again, you can go to ignitefamily.eventbrite.com, ignitefamily.eventbrite.com, and the promo code is thy kingdom come. So let me ask a question, because this was a couple's um, Livets gathering, what were your wives' reactions? How were they affected by it? How did it help to, um, or did it help to encourage your leadership um, continuously? I'll, I can respond to that, too, real quick. Um, so my wife and I were not originally from Toledo. Um, we moved up here when we first were married, and I think um, the seven weeks uh, that that we spent together as a group, I think my wife felt like she really deepened some friendships. And and like Walt was saying, we kind of knew each other uh, before before this this Bible, these seven weeks of of looking at the scriptures from that Sunday. Um, But I think now we've we've really solidified a friendship. Um, Mm -hmm. And and, you know, I was I was gone um, for the last four weeks and. Um, like Greg, Greg said earlier, my wife is expecting, and the Ericsons kind of adopted my family uh, for the weeks that I was gone, and I can't, I can't thank him enough for that. And, and my wife really felt, you know, she feels now that there's, there's this connection that's there that, that probably it wouldn't have been exposed um, had we not uh, gone through this together. So thank you again, Walt. We really, I really appreciate that. That's awesome. So You're what, welcome, buddy. You, you have so many smart popsicles. <laughs> so, Walt, listen, uh, you and I are talking this all the time, and uh, we, we share a passion with Matt and a number of people in this region to use the gifts, the time, the talent that God has given us to desire to be all in. We're far from it. We get it. We're, we're sinners. We're fallen. We're incomplete. We get that. But our hearts are, are stirred and moved to want to be alive with our spouses and in our families and to make a difference for people in this community. And this is certainly a part of that. Um, 
what, what encouragement do you give, certainly Matt and also Walt, to men out there who may be on the sidelines right now and, uh, you know, kind of questioning, you know, what, what does this look like? Where do I even begin? And I'm talking maybe even those men who have teenagers and right now they're into their devices, they're into their gadgets, they're into their stuff. Um, and maybe the dads, let's face it, um, they've lost credibility. Like their kids might outright laugh at them. Um, you know, what, what suggestions would you give to those men right now and what benefits Benefits can we, you know, if you will promise them if they do take that step? Well, I, <clears throat> I believe you got to be creative to get your to get your, your your even your wife or children in a scenario that they can let go and break down. And you know, uh, the, the the Bible studies that I have been involved in especially those that, you know, have got some repetitiveness to them, like this seven week that we just did. I feel honestly closer to the guys I did the seven-week Bible study with and have a deeper friendship with them than the vast majority of lifelong friendships that I, that I have, uh, have today. It says and the reason for that is the depth of what we talk about. So I think as parents... I think that they feel that they don't know their children and that their children don't want to know them. Um, the children do want to know them. But um, I think they look at their children like they would look as, like as a friend. You love them and you care about them, but there's no depth there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what, what boy wouldn't want to go fishing with their dad, camping with their dad, if it's going to a football game with their dad, um, and then same thing with the daughter. You've got to do something, I think, where you get them one-on-one, whether it's car time or time by the lake or on four-wheelers or whatever it may be. But you got to be creative and get that opportunity to sit down and talk. And when you're doing that one-on-one, if you have enough of that time where it's not interrupted, depth will start to come out. Um, right. For example, at our seven weeks, a couple, a couple of the guys, and I'm, I'm assuming a couple of the girls too, especially the first week and maybe the second, are apprehensive on sharing their victories and challenges, at least difficult ones. But all it takes is one person to go deep and share, and they realize it's okay, and they realize that they struggle with those things too. And all of a sudden there's a bond there that they just don't share with anyone else in their, in their normal daily routine. So... Again, I, I, you know, no different than going out with your with your wife. You have to, you have to find a way to go on a date night. You got to find a way to to drive out and watch a sunset. And it's just the two of you, and there's no interruptions. And you get to have the opportunity to talk, and then pray. Awesome. And I, I, I think you'll find that they would be far more open to it. So, folks, I want you to kind of put, I want to put, thank you, Walt, to put a vision on this. It's really practical, really concrete. Find a night within the next seven days that you can sit down, let's just say 30 minutes. You're going to set aside electronic stuff. You're going to set aside your phones. You're going to turn TVs off, etc. Maybe light a candle. Maybe make it fun. Have beverages, something that members in your family are really going to look forward to. Gather together. And if you go to massimpact.us and you click on the Family Gathering Guide, you're going to note part one is something simply called Live It Family Fun Questions. 
So for this half hour, this first time you've ever done this, just go through these questions, go around a circle, and if you have younger kids, you gotta kinda modify these, but the kind of questions you get in this Live It Family Fun questions for the family together would be, my favorite movie is because, or if I had to be either blind or deaf, I'd choose because, or the best book I ever read was because, or I'm really good at. I promise you, within five or six minutes, of this time together, you're going to be laughing, you're going to be interacting. Let's face it, you might be a little annoyed. Some kids might, you know, be whining and distractive, and you got to be the parent in that regard, too, and encourage them gently. Hey, you know, listen, let's, let's make this a gift and listen to people in our family. We have to say this all the time to our family, ranging in age from 18 down to 11. we got to say, hey, give one another that gift of caring about what they have to say, to set that stage that way. Then as you do that, and if you find that valuable, well, you refer to two questions, and uh, we call them daily questions. Maybe even over a dinner table. Everybody's got to eat, and we know that, you know, uh, tragically, people just aren't even eating together. That would be a victory. Get together and eat together and say, hey, guys, this time, you know, I want to go around and let's all answer five questions. And um, those five questions, we call them daily questions. One, something you're grateful for. Number two, a recent victory. This would be something you succeeded in, something you're proud of yourself for. Number three, what's a challenge going on, something you're struggling with? There are no rules to this, by the way. If they want to go really deep or, you know, maybe a more superficial thing, it's all good. Number four, an affirmation or a gratitude, you know, expression of thanks to somebody in the family. Number five, something meaningful going on in your life. Now, we call these daily questions because when we as a family of eight, very busy with a lot going on, do these things, it opens the door to the gift. It's unwrapping the gift that is that human person in my family, and it gives them the opportunity to kind of get some stuff that's going on under my hood. And you can see very easily, they become merciful to things that I'm struggling with. I become merciful to the stuff they're struggling with. We're praying for one another. I mean, just that simple occasion over dinner makes us sort of a saint-making machine. I mean, those simple questions and then you go further from there maybe in a couple weeks maybe right away who knows you uh you actually look at the readings for the subsequent sunday you read it together and even just that alone even if you didn't ask the questions that correspond to the reading the attentiveness that the family has by hearing that reading on sunday hey i just heard this a couple days ago or in this past week hey i'm thinking about this because we kind of raised some questions because one of the questions with that everyone is a challenge uh you know something that struck you inspired you in the reading it's a common question we have for every single reading so for you listeners out there um the plan is really that simple to, uh, to set aside the time, number one, and to really just kind of throw some questions out there that allow you to just talk and make the focal point undistracted, undiminished, the gift of one another. So um, tell us, how do, you, how do you see this maybe, you know, why is this important that uh, families are doing this, not only within their own families, but supporting one another? And I just want to ask the question, let's just raise the altitude, raise the bar. What's the vision for Holy Trinity Parish? What could Holy Trinity Parish be like five years from now if people, uh, you know, if people jived with this? Uh, you have an awesome pastor. You have awesome leaders. They're, they're already on board with this, and we know we're moving in this direction. But paint for me a picture of, uh, of where you see your parish could be and where families in your parish could be five years from now if they jived with this. Greg, you ask great questions. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. The, no, no, it's good. Um, you know, I think as a parish, our vision is to ensure that we're creating disciples. And and we've got to stop and ask, ask ourselves, 
are we making God known, loved, and served mm. in our parish? Uh, but first, it's got to start at home. Mm-hmm. So if we're not doing it that, that at home, I'm not sure how we're going to be able to give that to our parish, to our community, and so forth. Um, so I think that's, that's question number one, and I think if we can do that, um, you know, then you've, you've got this place that's, that's just on fire uh, for the Lord. And again, not that it's not, um, but we know we can be better. We know we can, we can grow, and we can be uncomfortable to make sure that we're growing in our faith. So my goal, I mean, it'd be awesome to have a parish of 100% committed disciples to Jesus. And, and that's, I think that's the goal, right? Right. Absolutely. Matt, let me ask you a question. And you answered it, you know, kind of uh, in sort of a principled, philosophical, but I know concrete in your heart and mind way. You're a principal of your school. What if, what if just 20 families committed to gathering and doing the live it gathering in their own homes, just 20 families uh, of, of uh, kids who go to your school and their families did this, say, for two, three months? What difference do you think that would make for those families? What difference do you think it would make to the culture of the school, which is already quite positive? But what are your thoughts on that? Again, from my own experience and, and being part of a group like that, I know how profound it was for me and for my family. I think the the thing that's most exciting is the ripple effect that that has. So that those 20 families then say, hey, this was great for us. We need to do this for more people. And so they find, you know, that one family out of that 20, they find another four or five families. And that ripple effect is the thing that really can start to change our culture. It can start to change our entire community. So I guess for me, it's, the, it's the, watching the, the wave happen, right? Watching that, that ripple effect start to take place. And, you know, I, I know Walt and I have talked about this a little bit, but, you know, for us, that's that's got to be the next step, that we had such an incredible experience as our group um, we want to share that with mm. other people. We want to share that with other family. Um, awesome. So that's that's the next step for us, I think. That's awesome. And, and folks who've been listening to us, we really want to simplify this call that God calls us to, that he fashioned us for, these three movements, empty, fill, and overflow. And I'm hearing you say that. You're saying we, we've encountered Christ, we've been emptied, we've been filled with his love, and we want to overflow. Now, folks, just to expand this vision a little bit, imagine if in these family groups or gatherings they're lighting a candle, we're sacramental people. We we like the visible, you know, the visual images, the a light that's burning, the light of the world, light of Christ, light alive in our homes, and that once a month, these families, these twenty families, bring this candle to this event called Ignite. They come up in procession as a symbol of bringing the totality of our family, our struggles, our joys, our difficulties, the prayer that's going on on this burning bush thing. And it's not just a symbol then of the rental candle that you may have gotten a year ago to come and be part of this event, but now. Now this burning bush stands for uh, a growing number of people, and every candle representing that growing number of people, for whom Christ is more fully coming alive. I don't know. We, that's what we, really, we have been talking about from the beginning in a very humble way. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited that you two in particular, you know, are sharing this tonight because we know your, your parish is so committed to this. Your pastor is so committed to this. Um, we are truly seeing, you know, a, a kind of community in Christ to talk about Christ, to share that faith in Christ uh, that really um, 
didn't exist 10, 15, 20 years ago in many places. There is a lot of hope, and I want to give people hope tonight. I want to give them hope that it is happening. Um, anything else? I mean, we got a little bit of time left here, uh, and actually we do need to go to some prayer requests. But any, So I'm going to say um, any kind of final prominent thoughts that, Matt, you or Walt uh, would like to share, maybe particularly with men or families to encourage them or whatever is on your heart that we maybe didn't ask you. I think Walt already hit on it, and that's pray. Um, I'm not sure there's a more intimate way to to know someone or to love someone than to pray with them, and I think that's just that. I think that's the thing that really, in this last year, reflecting on on this last year, that's really changed our family is that we're able to we've committed to praying together, and it's it's been it's made a great difference. Well. Uh, it's, it's quality time. Um, you know, my, my wife would say it every time, you know, it's, it's amazing how fast 10 p.m. rolls around every night and you still have 53 items on your list to do. And how do you disconnect and, and make sure you have that quality family time um, and a quality husband and wife time? Uh, it is so important. And, and, and for me, it is when it is being fulfilled, when I am praying with my family and when I am spending that quality time with my family, everyone is genuinely joyful. When they are deprived of it, including myself, everyone is far more edgy and down, agitated, selfish. Um, but what, when we're doing it right and when, and when we're doing a really good job of it, um, there's not a better place to come than to come home. Mm. Awesome. Walt and Matt, thank you so much for being with us tonight, and uh, we look forward to continuing the the journey with you. And uh, we invite our listeners now to uh, join us in prayer. Uh, We invite you every week to post on our Facebook page your intentions, and we do lift them up now in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We join Jen in praying um, for her boys and for her uh, her life, that they get better, whatever is going on in her life, that she encounter, that they encounter God's provision and his presence in that prayer. Uh, we lift up Irene's uh, special intention, whatever that may be. We unite with you, Irene, and we lift up whatever that intention may be. Laura, Lord, lifts up this country, which we all join this prayer, that um, you may just be reclaimed as, as our king, as our ruler, and just infiltrates down through all of our leaders. For Gigi's intention, um, we lift up a loved one, just making some very bad decisions and going down a bad path. Lord, guide that person. Show him or her your wisdom and your love. And she also prays for an end to all the violence in the world. Josie prays for a friend, um, so she realizes that she is loved, that she is beautiful, and that she is valuable, Lord. May she know her, um, just that she is your daughter and be overwhelmed by your love. Jane prays for um, her health, Lord, that you may just bless her with good health. Justin prays for his son, Matthew, Lord, whatever he is going through, just bless him and guide him, and may he know your love. We join Debbie in praying for a young woman who was last seen Tuesday, July 19th. Um, we pray that she be found safely, that her arms, sur- uh, that she be surrounded by God's grace, and uh, just that all be drawn together to uh, find her. 
Carol, we pray for Carol and um, her friends, Tim and Tony and their family, whatever is happening with them, Lord, that your grace uh, be abundant in their lives. We pray for Deacon Mars. Our Deacon Mars prays for um, his sister-in-law who has systematic scleroderma. Looks like a disease of some sort. Um, Lord, just let your healing arms be upon her right now. We join Brenda's prayer for a dear nun who's having surgery soon and for her sister-in-law who will also be um, in surgery in August. Lord, may your healing hands be upon them. We lift up Pat in her prayer, uh, continued prayer for Augie and his family and for her special intention. Teresa's special intention, Lord, we lift up united with her. Sharon prays for reconciliation between her son and his son. We pray with Brenda United uh, for the many at World Youth Day right now. Um, just that uh, they be kept safe, Lord, and that their hearts more fully encounter you. And uh, just irradiate the sign of hope that the world so much needs right now uh, of, ch- of young people alive, God, and uh, willing to take those steps of faith to live you out fully. Gigi, um, we join her prayer in an end to violence everywhere to vote for the right president, for conversion of loved ones, for repose of the soul of Father Jacques, of course, this martyr who was killed by ISIS, Lord, um, just that you receive his soul into your eternal glory. Um, We join Robert in his prayer for Yvonne Solden and her continued healing, and also for exclaim this uh, Sunday, Lord, that many are drawn and many have a deeper encounter with you. We join Cindy in her prayer for comfort and peace for all all those who have lost loved ones to violence. We join Justin in his prayer for his son Matthew and for healing. Lord, for these and so many prayers, uh, the needs of our hearts as we are gathered here right now, as we're maybe struggling with anxiety, we invite you to claim this space that you fashioned for yourself. You are the King of Peace, that you are over all, you are Lord of everything. We avail ourselves to you, God. Conquer us. Claim us, flood us, renew us, transform us. Help us to be all in for you, Jesus Christ, as you are all in for us. We entrust you, our bishop, our priests, our parishes, all of our families, Lord God, to radiate your love to the world. We ask all of this in your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.